The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You've entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simran Singh. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Learn to empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran Singh. Welcome to 1111 Talk Radio, you all. I am Tuck Self, the Rebel Bell and Southern Voice for Bold, self-expression. And I am delighted to be sitting in for Simran Singh this week for a couple of reasons. Reason number one, if I am here, that means Simi is not. And that's because she's taking a much-needed rest, which is well-deserved, you know, Simi and I recently completed her Rebel Road RV tour across the country, which featured Simi's one-woman show, which was based on not only her personal life experiences, but also her very first book, Conversations with the Universe. Now, it's a beautiful and brilliant book, if you have not read it, about understanding how the universe speaks to you in signs and symbols and synchronicities. And you can find that book along with Simi's second book, and that would be Your Journey to Enlightenment, at www.iamsimron.com. And I will spell that for you. That is I-A-M-S-I-M-R-A-N. And so after this long journey around the country in the RV, Simi deserves a little time off. And while she is off and resting, she's also completing her third book, your journey to love. So it is with love tonight that we remember Simi and wish her a peaceful and restful retreat. Now, reason number two that I am excited to be here tonight is because of our guest. When Simi asked me to host tonight's show, I was excited and delighted to help out because our guest tonight is is a friend of mine, and he didn't start out as a friend. He actually started out as my teacher and mentor who brilliantly, I love to say, shocked my world. You know, I share with people that as a coach and a speaker, author, myself, and also a self-proclaimed personal growth enthusiast, a couple years back I took a sabbatical and I traveled around the country seeking wisdom from many of the greatest minds of the day. And it was on this journey that I met the dynamic, the brilliant, and I'll even say provocative, Philippe Shock Matthews. As I was introduced to Philippe and his philosophy, which you're going to hear about tonight, we fast became friends and colleagues, and I consider myself completely blessed to have his presence and wisdom in my life, and I am so excited for you guys because you're going to get to have your own experience of him tonight as well. 
So without further ado, let me share with you a little bit about this philosopher, spiritual entrepreneur, internet guru, I'll even say radio and TV star, and of course master, Philippe Shock Matthews is the executive director of the HAL movement. Now, that's a 501c3 dedicated to eliminating generational poverty. And I will tell you, this is a huge service project that Philippe is fully devoted to based on his life experiences and learning over the years that has beautifully now come to fruition. He is an Internet marketing technologist and is the CEO of an SEO and social media marketing firm in Sacramento, California, referred to myinternetmarketingexpert.net. He has been featured on CNN's Financial News as an expert in the industry of easing publishing and Internet marketing. However, Philippe is best known as the host of the Philippe Matthews Live Show, which has over one million collective listeners viewers and readers worldwide, and as a result of the success of Philippe's PM Show Live, Mark Victor Hansen, who we all know as co-author of Chicken Soup for the Soul, has actually proclaimed Philippe the Oprah of the Internet, and that's quite an accomplishment. Philippe's show also contains a blog and Internet radio format that offers advice from world-class thought leaders change agents, celebrities, best-selling authors, and experts in the world. And then I'll say finally, but there is never a finally with Philippe, he is the owner of the Shock Publishing Group and has authored several books in the genre of personal, spiritual, and professional development, including but not limited to you all, the Shock Philosophy, which we are going to talk about tonight, the Shock Wealth System, the Shock Theology, my Forefathers, which is his most recent book, and then How to Make Millions When Thousands Have Been Laid Off. And so I'm going to pause uh, for a minute, Felice, because I could, you know, there is no finally with you, so I could probably talk forever, but I'm going to pause for a minute and say welcome, Philippe Matthews, to 1111 Talk Radio Show. Thank you so much, Chuck uh, and Simran. Uh, where you're resting and, and, and hopefully recovering and recuperating. Thank you so much for, for having me on the show and inviting me on. And uh, that was a, a tremendous uh, introduction, uh, even though I wrote it. Uh, but I, 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 I kind of looked around the room and said, who is this woman talking about? So thank Why you. you, of course. You, of course. <laughs> um, you know, like I said, I could go on, but what I want people to know about you, Philippe, is that you are a man who has an incredible and an inspiring story and journey that I know quite well because of our friendship that has led to you being the catalyst for change and transformation that you are today that has you dedicate your life to helping others the way you do achieve fulfillment and abundance and prosperity no matter their life circumstances. And so I thought it would be great for our listeners to be able to understand your passion for the um, work that you do, if you can share just a little bit about your roots, the story of what happened to you as a young boy that inspires you to show up every day as who you are, I'll say doing what it is that you love to do in the world. 
Okay, well, I'll try to make that story short for the first time. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm turning 49 this year, so that's a long story. Um, but, but, no, it, you know, it, it, technically, um, for all practical purposes, I'm not supposed to be here. I'm not supposed to have accomplished and achieved all the things that you, you mentioned in uh, my introduction uh, because of uh, wh- where I came from, how I, uh, how I lived, uh, and the circumstances that, that happened to me. Um, but I am here, and, and I'm here because uh, I decided to use uh, and develop, uh, if you will, uh, one of the most lethal weapons you could possibly have, and that's your mind. Mm. And, uh, you know, I, I made, you know, okay, so, so here's the, you know, the story that we, we all hear all the time. Yes, I, I came from abject uh, poverty. My parents were divorced when I was uh, six. Uh, my mom uh, was, was uh, uh, given three months to live uh, by the time I was age uh, 10, uh, she found uh, a, a metaphysical church in Chicago, where I'm from, uh, called Christ Universal Temple, headed by uh, the amazing uh, Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman and uh, Reverend Dr. Helen Carey. Um, as a result, she ended up living for four years. So she died, uh, unfortunately, in my arms uh, when I was 14. And I made three promises to her at that time, and that was, one, I will never do drugs. Two, I will never get involved in gang activity. And three, I'll make something of myself and that she would be proud of. Um, the first two were somewhat easy and simple, even though I was in a drug-infested, <laughs> uh, gang-infested uh, world, uh, because that's really the world that most African-American boys uh, see uh, when they're impoverished. But the hardest one uh, was to make something of myself that she was proud of. That took a tremendous amount of dedication and discipline. And... Uh, as a result, I started studying uh, voraciously, reading voraciously uh, books on personal growth and development, spiritual development, professional development, uh, and I have not stopped that uh, process uh, all these years, obviously. Uh, and um, as a result uh, of, of that uh, uh, work uh, of my own self-university, if you will, uh, I have I, I emerged um, uh, as a I guess a thought leader in, unto itself, and uh, you know I, I don't know if you want me to get into the story of how I you know launched my show and all of that stuff, but it was what, what I thought would be um, interesting to bring out at this point is how uh, based on your upbringing, based on that situation, you looked for the mentors that you looked for because you didn't have your parents and what right. you did with the four mentors in your life that had you right. um, compile this last book that you wrote. Well, you know, my, when, uh, you know, again, my mom died, like, in February, and then my father came back into my life uh, and died that April of the same year, uh, literally dropped dead before me. It was my sister who, who kind of raised me and became my legal guardian so I wouldn't get into the foster care system. Books, uh, and back then, books and audio tapes, uh, positive audio tapes became uh, my surrogate parents uh, and role models. And I remember distinctly um, a hairstylist actually slipped me a tape um, by Zig Ziglar called mm-hmm. See You at the Top. And I listened to that tape of Zig Ziglar from Yazoo City of uh, 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 Mississippi. 
and I just fell in love with, with this guy. Now, of course, you know, I'm a kid. I never knew I would grow up and actually uh, meet my mentor uh, and, and what I considered one of my forefathers. But he became like a surrogate father to me. Uh, and, and shortly after that, someone introduced me to uh, a Les Brown tape. Uh, and, and I saw uh, Les Brown on, on, on PBS back in the day called You Deserve. This was uh, on Channel 11 in Chicago, WTTW. I'll never forget it. And I was sitting up in Squalo. Rats and roaches were, you know, roaches were crawling across the television set as I was watching the program. Uh, I listened to him. He became a father figure to me. And uh, I went down and, and I started to, I knew I had to do something uh, to think my way out of the situation that I was in. So I started writing. Uh, literally on sheets of paper uh, with pencil, um, uh, trying to uh, interview uh, some of these great minds and great masters and get them in various different newspapers in Chicago. And that's how I really got my start uh, as, a, as a writer and, uh, and as an interviewer. Uh, and shortly after that, after meeting Les Brown, uh, he kind of took me under his wing, if you will, and, and, and invited me to a speak his first, actually, speaking for a living seminar at the Hyde Regency Chicago, uh, and there I met my other two fathers, and which was <laughs> Brian Tracy, uh, who, who authored uh, uh, The Psychology of Achievement, which those tapes to this day, now CDs, of course, and downloads, uh, uh, still resonate with me. I still listen to them. And of course, Dr. Dennis Waitley, uh, who, who produced the Psychology of Winning, which is still to this day the number one best-selling audio cassette series in history. Um, I took that information and I personified it. Uh, they, as I said, they became my, my forefathers. And I developed uh, one night uh, this concept called shock. <laughs> Why do you call yourself shock? I said, well, shock stands for Seeking higher omnipotent conscious knowledge. And what that really means is, is that I uh, am voraciously, avidly seeking the highest levels and purest levels of wisdom uh, and information so I could rewrite my personal history uh, and live the life that I'm, I'm deserving and designed to do. And so as a result of doing it for myself, um, I ended up, doing it for others uh, and realizing that was my calling. Mm, mm, mm. And from that, what, you know, I, I was actually introduced to you back in 2006 and found you through the book that we're going to talk about tonight, which is The Shock Philosophy, which mm -hmm. I am assuming, you know, based on the mentoring, the profound mentoring that you had with these four gentlemen and how what a voracious reader an investigator you are, that it is that information, it's from that information that you created, the shock philosophy that blends those three powerful sources, theology, biology, and psychology. So talk a little mm -hmm. bit about the shock philosophy itself and what that is. Well, shock philosophy came about as a result of, um, of course, I was kind of raised, uh, you know, from 10, 10 years on, uh, raised in, in, a, in a metaphysical environment. Uh, and so I started uh, reading and researching everything uh, dealing with that and all the uh, experts uh, of the time uh, and uh, started to move into quantum science. Uh, and because I started asking this question, why is it that some people, no matter how many times they go to, to church, no matter how many books they read, no matter how many times they watch 
uh, self-help programs, they just don't succeed. What is the difference? What's going on here? Because, uh, uh, you know, you hear a lot of these self-help systems, you know, uh, say, hey, uh, if you do uh, A, B, and C, you're going to uh, have this great and wonderful life. And I've seen so many people, including myself, that, that it didn't happen. So I started studying something a little deeper. Uh, so I, after I studied theology, uh, I started studying uh, uh, neuroscience and psychology, and I started interviewing uh, the most brilliant minds uh, uh, in those uh, and realized that it is not one system or self-help system that uh, gets, if you will, to the promised land. It's a combination, uh, and it's really training your brain to be receptive and to activate uh, the information that you already have in your head. Uh, and so, you know, another that came up was, why is it that people continue to have or attract the same problems over and over again, even though they thought they had overcome them? Uh, and so I realized neurologically um, that there's a part of the brain that literally shuts down and ceases to work and to operate uh, when we are exposed to systemic disappointment, financial struggle, uh, problems and challenges, if it occurs again and again, if these issues in our lives occur again and again, it actually has a neurological effect so that the information that we receive, that we seek, doesn't work uh, because it doesn't go to the part of the brain necessary to take that information and activate it so that we start acting upon it and attracting those experiences in our lives. Mm. So it sounds like you're going to take us to the promised land. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if I can take you to the promised land, but I'll, I'll, take, you, I'll take you there, as the song, as the staple singer said. I'll take you there. So, so what I discovered was, uh, and, you know, I, I did a, you know, a lot of research on quantum mechanics and spiritual science and uh, astrophysics and all of these wonderful sciences and understanding that, uh, you know, the difference between the macro and the micro and, and, and the, metaphys the, the metaphysical journey of, of, of blending uh, astrophysics with quantum physics, uh, you know, these small particles, uh, that when we understand the two and start merging those two uh, sciences together, we create our own metaphysical journey, if you will. Um, but the part of the brain, and this is why I launched my uh, nonprofit, uh, because I, I, I really wanted to dedicate my, the rest of my life to uh, teaching uh, and helping eliminate generational poverty, because that's mm. what I was born into. That's what I was born into. Uh, and I realized that through my research uh, and development that systemic uh, uh, poverty creates post-traumatic stress disorder. The wow. people who live day-to-day -day in financial struggle, regardless of color, um, are no different than those who are coming back from war uh, as it, re as it re uh, resides in their brain neurologically. And so there's, a, and not to get too technical, but there's a part of the brain called the VMPFC, known as the ventral medial prefrontal cortex, that is kind of like a stress um, uh, circuit breaker. And when that circuit breaker breaks, we no longer can make logical decisions and we no longer can see opportunity, even if it's placed before us. Mm. 
And so it explains a lot of things uh, as to why some people fail and other people don't, uh, why some people, uh, um, you know, have these wonderful, great, brilliant lives, uh, and others who study the exact same thing fail. Uh, and we realize it's not that they need to pray more. They don't need to tithe more. They don't need to necessarily uh, 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 read more. It's, it's because they've done all of that, and they're continuing to do that in their spiritual practice. Yeah, uh, it's it's a neurological process that is that has shut down that part of the uh, of the brain, and uh, you know this science that I'm talking about has been around for the last 25 years, but uh, hasn't been used uh, in the spiritual science realm, and hasn't been used um, uh, in the social issue of generational poverty, because most people look at poverty as a social and environmental issue, not as a psychological. Uh, or neurological disorder. Yeah. Philippe, we're going to um, take a break for a minute. Um, folks, we're talking to Philippe Matthews, the owner of the Shock Publishing Group and author of many books, The Shock Philosophy in particular, we're talking about tonight, A Mindset for Massive Manifestation. You can find Philippe's books at www.thepmshow.tv and www.booksbypm.com. So we'll be back with Philippe right after the break. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you would like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to Simron at Simron-Singh.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simron Singh. Welcome back to 1111 Talk Radio, you guys. I am Tuck Self. I am not Simran Singh, and I am sitting in for Simi today. I have the 
pleasure of talking to Philippe Matthews today of the Philippe Matthews Live Show, author of The Shock Philosophy, and we're going to get back to conversation with Philippe in just one moment, but before we do that, I want to share again that I am sitting in for Simi because she's taking a much-deserved break and retreat um, to rest from her year on the road and to finish her third book, Your Journey to Love. Now, as Simi moves back into her work, she will be inviting in 10 new coaching clients starting October the 1st as part of a 10-part coaching session package that she'll be offering. And there are only 10 spaces, and these spaces are going to be on a first-come, first-serve basis. I know Simi, and she's fully devoted to being of dynamic service to smaller groups of individuals who are fully committed to their personal and spiritual transformation. So this is a beautiful offer and gift to embrace uh, from Simi. You can find out more about her offer by going to www.iamsimron.com and look under the service tab on the site. So back to you, Philippe, and your book, The Shock Philosophy, and I'll say your philosophy, these eight principles of how to manifest uh, when we are, I'm going to say, sick and tired of being sick and tired of ending up back in the same old place over mm-hmm. and over and over again. And before the break, you um, you alluded to taking me to the promised land with these eight principles, and so I thought it would be great for us to go through a couple of them if you're open to doing that. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, uh, one of the things that, that I, uh, is offered is that, um, and that I recently did is that it's the Kindle book. Um, and what I did was that I, I, I've done so much audio uh, training, uh, I decided to uh, bundle, if you will, uh, the uh, eight principles with uh, audio. So there's uh, probably over eight hours or more uh, mm. of audio that come with, uh, the actual uh, ebook download, and of course, you know you can uh, read a Kindle book on any apparatus by downloading, uh, you know, uh, any of Amazon's uh, uh, apps. Uh, so uh, that it's not enough to necessarily just read it, but you can also experience it and, and uh, take the training, if you will, along with it. Uh, there are eight principles: uh, the master and the masses. Creation has been created. Energy is. DNA is what you are. Deity is who you are. Uh, consciousness is energy and capacity. Energy cannot be destroyed. Face the death and rebirth and learn how to face your ants, worms, and fears. Well, that's, you know, like I said, that's eight hours or more of content. I've done four hours on each. <laughs> in eight hours of hours workshop truth, world. What I'm going to ask you, Tuck, is what resonates with you out of the, four, out of the eight principles? Because you've taken my classes before my courses. What, uh, what, is there any particular one that, that resonates with you? Well, yeah, there are actually a couple of them. And one of my favorite is creation has been created, and it was specifically around the piece that nothing is missing. Because I think so many times, so many of us in our lives are always yearning for what's missing. Sure, sure. Um, one of my greatest teachers... Uh, still, is Dr. John F. D. Martini, And he was the first cat that hit me to that concept that nothing is, nothing is missing. And I delved into it deeper and, and corroborated his information with uh, quantum science and talking to people like Dr. Fred Allen Wolf, who's a uh, you know, 40-year veteran uh, uh, professor of, of quantum mechanics. And 
what I realized is, is that nothing is really missing. It just, it just changes form. Um, and, you know, we can get really deep into the esoteric aspect of that, but I really want to get specific in that when we talk about creation has been created, it means that anything and everything that we could possibly ever want and dream of already exists as a potential. Um, and so the only reason that we are experiencing something that we don't want, living a life that we don't want, is because we haven't become frequency-specific to that which we do want and what already exists. So when we say nothing is missing, I, of course, challenge that because I came from a background in terms of my personal story of, of my mother and father. My mother died in my arms. My father dropped dead before me. And I said, well, if nothing is missing, my, where are my parents? You know, I, I, and I kind of broke it down really hardcore like that. And so I, I realized uh, and was taught that, well, Philippe, when your parents died, did, uh, even though they were in that one unified form, over the period of your life, and even immediately after they, they died, did, did, were there several people who came into your experience, into your life, that reminded you and loved you like a mother, loved you like a father? And I said, yeah. Well, there it is. It changed form. They never stopped loving you. They just changed form. And so that blew me away because I said, well, wait a minute. You know, where is my million dollars in my bank account? It's like, well, wait a minute. Your million dollars already exist in your bank account or whatever number it is you wish to have. It's just you haven't looked at, you're not looking at it from the perspective of where it is. It's, it's fragmented. Dr. Um, Deepak Chopra talks about this, and, and, and I have, have had conversations with him about it, about fragment thinking, that when we, uh, uh, intention is all about uh, aligning and focusing um, our goals uh, on one specific thing that we want to manifest into our lives. The more that we use uh, intention methods and tools, the more focused that intention becomes to the universe or to the quantum field, or whatever term you want to use. And so it starts to move from a fragmented state into a, a whole and tangible or physical state. So it moves from, if you will, antimatter to matter. So it goes into, a, 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 into an actual form. And that is what we are doing when we look at the works from Deepak, the works from Wayne Dyer, the works from Marianne Williamson. We're, we're really looking at how to train our brains to become frequency specific to that which we think is missing, but it really isn't. And the fact that we think it's missing means that it always will be. So is it as simple as changing the perception, changing the way we perceive? Because that's kind of what it sounds like. If I think it's missing, it's missing. If I change my thoughts to believe or to look for the things that hold that feeling, that experience, and that essence, then I would be moving into that next level of frequency, correct? Well, it, it is in that sense that simple, um, but it's also, you, you've heard the term of becoming one with something. I remember mm. when, you know, going to, going to uh, uh, church uh, traditionally, if you will, at Christ Universal Temple uh, by the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman, she would always say, she would always open up every sermon with, I am one with God, I am one with all men, I am one with li all life, I am one with the one. And, and it sounded great, but I never really got it until I got older and realized that statement 
really is a statement of intention of becoming one with whatever it is you choose to manifest in your life. Mm. And so becoming one with the one is using the energy of God, using the energy of spiritual science, using the energy of quantum physics, or whatever term or name you want to use, to manifest that which you uh, want to experience in a physical form, not a fragmented form as, as, uh, as a goal, dream, or, or a fantasy. And so our job uh, is to learn how to train our brain to manifest those realities, to manifest those things that are unseen and to make known the unknown. Uh, but because we are in this physical state um, and because we have these beautiful things called our minds, our brains, the brain, especially in terms of the neocortex, the biggest part of the brain that stores our memory, uh, I did this piece called Shock Theology because I found that there were seven uh, myths associated with New Thought Metaphysics and Religious Science, and certain things over a period of time stopped working. One is affirmation and denial. And the reason it, it, it doesn't work in the neuroscience realm is because if the neocortex, if you start saying, I am rich, I am rich, I am rich, the neocortex automatically goes into the memory banks and looks and seeks to see if that's true, if it was ever true. If you were ever rich, then it has a blueprint to be able to use the prefrontal cortex to go out and go get it. But if it has no memory of what it is you want and desire, you can affirm all day long it's not going to happen. Or if you do attract it, it's not going to be able to be sustained because there's no concrete memory of it. It's not biophysical at that level. And so that's really what uh, intention is really about. It's about focusing to, a, to the degree that we move matter from a fragmented state into a physical form state, whatever that is we wish to manifest and intend into our spirit. Mm. You know what I noticed about your eight principles, Philippe, is that they, um, they, they, they integrate and they build on one another because you're talking about you know, saying I am one with the one and having the fragmented come into one piece. And I look at the, I, I guess it's a quote, it's something that I've heard you say often that has to do with that third principle, which is there is no spot where God is not. And I Absolutely. love that. And um, that has, has a little bit to do with um, entanglement, does it not? Oh, absolutely. Well, well uh, said, researched, and, and, and presented. Thank you. So, yeah, so when we look at entanglement, all entanglement is is, is fragmented uh, uh, possibility and potential. That's all it is. It's just fragmented matter. Um, when we start to intend anything, we move matter. Um, we move the universe to, to begin manifesting that intention based upon our uh, level of, of, of intention and our capacity to hold that intention. This is why one of the principles is consciousness is energy and capacity, principle number five, because if we attract the intention without having the consciousness or the capacity for it, we kill or self-sabotage the very thing that we're trying to intend and bring into our experience. Mm, that's huge. So, so, so imagine um, Windows, you know, like well, back in the day, I remember when I got my first computer, and uh, I, yeah, I forgot what it was. It, it was I don't even think it was a thing called a gig, but let's just use like, you know, back in the day when you could buy a gig of RAM, 
you thought that you would you 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 were infinite. It's like oh my god, my computer has a whole gig, one gig of RAM uh, of space. It's amazing, you know. Well, uh, uh, you know, you look at Windows eight and I uh, forgot how many gigs it takes just to run the program. So imagine, if you will, trying to uh, manifest an intention or intentions, plural, uh, and bring it into a neocortex, into a mind that does not have the space, the capacity to handle the intention, to house the intention. Um, this is where we get into trouble because there are things that we want, which we do want and we deserve to have. But we have to first work on expanding our mindset so that the intentions that we want uh, be, are looked upon as natural and not miraculous. Mm. Must be why my brain hurts sometimes. I, <laughs> I need to expand my capacity, I suppose. Yeah. You know, something else that you have said to me, um, and I don't know that you're the only one that has said to me about manifestation and about creation, is God does not create in the land of the familiar. We have to go to that part of the brain um, where there is no neural net, where there is no familiarity, and create from almost a, a blank canvas. Can you say anything about that part? Yeah, well, if there's anything in your mind that is familiar, then it is now stored in your neocortex as a memory uh, and as a function, and it has a um, uh, and it resonates physically somewhere in the body. Um, whatever is familiar is uh, becomes an experience uh, that the neocortex protects and repeats. So you don't want to get stuck. In familiarity, you want to live in the land of constant uh, intention uh, and growth. I call it RSE, radical self-evolution. Uh, and in that field of radical self-evolution, you're just, you're manifesting uh, almost instantaneously um, because mm-hmm. we we've heard before what where we say the problem and the challenge exist simultaneously. So. As we start to, uh, and this really gets into uh, the deep end of quantum mechanics, where we kill the notion of cause and effect, because when, uh, because cause, when we say the word cause and effect, there's a gap there. When we become one with the one, it's just simply cause. And so we move from cause and effect, as we start to collapse cause and the effect, the gap in between those two, we start living in complete intentionality, where we are just causing all the time. We're living our cause as opposed to creating the attention, a cause, and then waiting however long that takes, it might be your entire life, for the effect to manifest itself. So it's a, it's a radical shift because we're training our brains uh, to remove a certain part of our uh, physical uh, cells called homeostasis. Mm-hmm. Because homeostasis basically is when you go home, you want to make sure the garage is exactly where you left it. If the garage is not there when you get home, okay, now we're in Alice in Wonderland. We're going down the rabbit hole. Where the hell is my uh, garage? Well, in this causation, this causality, this intentional world and feel that we operate in, uh, there is no garage. Never has been. It's just there because you intended it to be so. 
So this is where it gets really esoteric and, you know, uh, and, and some people will even say new agey or la la foo but it's not. It's actually this is how we manifest and how we're supposed to manifest and how we have manifested the life that we're living right now. Mm, that's great. So we are going to have to pause for, when you use that word pause, we're going to have to pause for a moment and take a break. Folks, I'm talking to Philippe Shock Matthews, host of the Philippe Matthews Live Show, and of course, author of a plethora of books that I mentioned earlier, specifically the Shock Philosophy. You can find Philippe's books at www.thepmshow.tv and www.booksbypm.com. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with you after the break. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you would like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to Simron at Simron-Singh.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simron Singh. What if all of the patterns of bad negative behaviors, thoughts, words, and beliefs that have hurt you and others weren't yours? What if the people who have hurt or betrayed you were operating on an auto-program? And what if someone were compelled beyond their control to program you at birth with their beliefs, their behaviors, and ideology? And when you grew up, you did the exact same thing, passing your beliefs on to your next generation. Well, welcome to the heredity factor of your convincing genes scientifically known as means. I am Tuck Self, and I am sitting in from Simran Singh today talking to Philippe Matthews, author of Shock Philosophy, and that was an excerpt out of the book, specifically the fourth principle, um, DNA is what you are, deity is who you are, that has to do with memes. Speak a little bit, Philippe. I love this thing about me. I love talking about memes. 
memes was first um, discovered in 1976 by Dr. Richard Dawkins, uh, who wrote the first book, and then Dr. Um, Susan Blackmore uh, took that work and uh, 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 put it on steroids. But memetics uh, is the science. Uh, known for memes, and memes basically is the psychological correlate of how we share our stories and how we um, we are biologically. This is really crazy. We are biologically designed to share our story and to share our beliefs. Uh, we are genetically encoded to do so and to pass on what we believe or even what we don't know. Uh, because there's a part of the brain, I don't want to get too technical, there's an operator in the brain that actually fills in the blanks of something that we don't know, and we just start making stuff up, and it becomes what is known, uh, because the brain doesn't like to not know something, and so there's that part of the brain actually is called the causal operator. It basically says, well, if I don't know the, the cause of this, I'm just going to fill in the blanks and make it up, which is what we know in ancient history as uh, or ancient wisdom or whatever, and ancient wisdom now is called uh, quantum mechanics, but it's where we, you know, we're, the folks folk uh, lords or whatever, would tell the stories to the villagers or what have you. Uh, and so until we started, you know, really getting into science and corroborating those uh, causes, myths, and beliefs. Uh, but memetics is, is, is fantastic because uh, memes basically uh, force us to uh, tell uh, and share our stories. So the question is, who are you really? You're really a subset of billions of memes over a period of time. From, the, from, from inception to wherever you are, to however you are right now. So what do you really believe? What do you really, and then the question is, what do you really know mm. about what you believe? Uh, and this is a scary question because this is a question that can't be used in, uh, in and by people who are into creationism because there's a cutoff. You, know, you can't ask too many deep questions. And you definitely can't ask that question because it will cause you to search. And this is where, again, we go into shop. We seek higher omnipotent conscious knowledge. And so we look at all of these memes. We look at these beliefs. We look at those things, and we challenge them and say, where did they come from? How did they get here? And then once we understand that, how can we manipulate those memes to manifest the world and reality that we want and to create the intention that we want and desire? So, for instance, you do an incredible work called human design, right? So you have a chart uh, that you produced for me, unbeknownst to me, actually, you've had it for years, and we just recently had a conversation about it, um, that basically was, if you will, my mimetic chart uh, of, of how I manifest and how I be in the world. Uh, every human being on the planet is a subset of billions and billions of memes that were programmed into them from every experience, every human being, uh, and every thought that they've ever had and shared. So how do we get out of it? <laughs> uh, you don't get out of it. You manipulate it and, and move it. You create what's called a mean plex. A mean plex is a system of beliefs or system of means that, that collectively get together uh, to create a belief. And then when we start to uh, really corroborate that belief, the belief moves from a belief to a conviction. Mm. So, so, so it's, it's a three-tiered system. So if I have a, a positive belief and a negative belief, I need to have another belief or thought or an idea that is either positive or negative to turn that one belief into a conviction. 
So once we understand that process, it's called the ABC process. I, I, I go in depth in that in the book, uh, Affect, Behavior, and Cognition, of how we are able to create and manipulate our thoughts and manipulate our means and create new mean plexus. And mean plexus, by the way, is nothing more than intentions. So it's, a, it's, it's breaking down our, uh, our physical thought, if you will. Our physical thought is a... Is a, is a gene. It's a DNA. It, it can be uh, looked at in a microscope. There's an actual, you can actually see thought now. It was a time where you thought all oh, thought was just part of the mind, and then you have this thing called the brain. We understand now they're both working simultaneously. You can't have one without the other. So thought is neurobiological. So that's the DNA part of who we are, correct? Correct. How about the deity? The deity is we're one with the one. We are nothing more than uh, God in expression. Whatever, uh, you know, now, uh, people get in trouble all the time uh, when they use the term, you know, I am God. As a matter of fact, I remember Morgan Freeman uh, on the show, it no longer exists, Pierce Morgan, he was on Pierce Morgan on CNN one time. He says, I am God. And, and Pierce kind of looked at him really crazy, but Morgan really was serious. He said, because Morgan understands this stuff, he says, no, I am God, because he understands that we are all just, uh, um, uh, uh, what Deepak Chopra calls uh, infinite cells uh, in this infinite field of, of, of unified or unified field of, of, of potentiality. Uh, and we use our God energy to create whatever life we choose to live. And we choose to see positive or negative. Now, in quantum mechanics, we understand that if you have a positron and a neutron, uh, you know, have your positive energy versus negative energy. They both have to exist simultaneously in order to qualify and to quantify each other. Well, what happens when you take positive thoughts and negative thoughts and you collapse them at radical, uh, radical speeds of thought? You create enlightenment. When you take a positron and a neutron in physical science, uh, like with the accelerator that they have, uh, and you collapse them, you create light. To the Higgs boson, you're creating, the, so we're made from this creation, this string theory, this quantum theory. That is where we come from. That is how we create. It's just we're in physical form, and so things are really slowed down for us because we're, we're subjective to, to gravity. You know, one of the, um, I'm, I'm listening to you, and I'm, I'm thinking how I ran around a couple of years ago, and every time, <laughs> I would run around telling everybody, full quantum, we need to become full quantum, Absolutely. knowing that I needed to embrace both sides, both the, the positive and the negative, the dark and the light, that it was That's in right. that place of being equilibrated that I could find enlightenment, that I could see both sides, and that love was that synthesis of complementary opposites. That's absolutely correct. Uh, I, you know, I, I kind of uh, use this with the kids uh, in the How movement, and uh, they term called haters. And, and they say, "Listen, Matthews, why, why, why I got so many people hating on me?" And so, like, well, that's great. You got people hating on you. That means that that is quantifying all the positive things that you're doing because the people who hate you give you the reason to be who you are. You have to love your haters just as much as you love the people who get you. Because they exist for the reason to move you up and give you biofeedback to tell you you're doing the right thing. That's huge, believe. That's powerful. Keep talking. <laughs> I mean, think about it. You thought everybody has on this, listening on this, has somebody that just absolutely can't stand them, and 
Probably subsequently, they probably have a bunch of people they can't stand either. Well, guess what? That's a dance. Because the more you hate on someone, the more you bring their energy up and qualify their energy of what it is that they're doing. So does that, is that the sixth principle then that energy can't be destroyed? Is that, is that where we Absolutely. bring that one in? Energy can't be destroyed because energy is, God is. And so you cannot destroy energy. All it will do is transform, transmute, change form, uh, metamorph into something else. You can only manipulate energy. You cannot destroy it. Once you know, you understand um, the concept, I know when we were talking or when, you, when people were reading about the topic of this call, it was how come we get stuck and we can't seem to manifest what it is that we want. A yeah. lot of what I witness with other people and even myself is accepting where it is that I am now before I move forward. And I remember you know, in the, the shock philosophy principles, um, in alignment with what we're talking about, it was finding a way to be okay with not being okay today, mm-hmm. taking mm-hmm. what's negative in my life today and having it find a way or my finding a way to have that serve me and in that's finding right. that way to make that negative energy serve me being able to that's move right. forward. So I don't know if that's the, kind of what you're talking about too. Absolutely. The moment you find the reason that that negative experience or negative person or whatever is in your life, the moment you discover the reason, it then collapses and moves you to the next level of consciousness. It moves, it's, it's called evolution. Uh, we can use even Maslow's hierarchy of thinking. It moves you into deeper levels of self-actualization. Is that like a whiplash? <laughs> it is like a whiplash. And that's why I call it RSE, radical self-evolution, because uh, uh, when you move from one level of consciousness to another, which is nothing more than collapsing positive and negative uh, events, thoughts, words, actions, in your experience, when you move from one level of consciousness to the next, it's like being on an airplane. You're going from, you know, uh, when, it, 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 when you're at 10,000 feet, uh, you know, it, it seems to be great. But now you want to move to 20,000 feet. Well, you've got to go through some turbulence. That turbulence is the fight and the collapsing uh, of those positive and negative neutrons. Uh, and as a result of that, then you move into the next level, and it's cool, and, it's cool and clear there. Well, each level has a different set of accountability. And this is how we evolve. And so if we continue to collapse these two energies together in our thoughts, we then start moving into, we become the gurus. We are the gurus. We become the Deepak Chopras. We become the, the, the Wayne Dyers and the Marianne Williamses. We become manifest. Mm. That's fascinating stuff, fascinating stuff. Well, I, you know, I want to say again, uh, because we, we don't have time to go into all eight of these principles in the shock philosophy that for me being introduced to this particular body of work back in 2006 did completely shock my life, and I would encourage anyone who is a seeker on the path to spiritual self-mastery anyone who's open and ready and willing to expand, because we talked about expanding consciousness and quantum Mm -hmm. leaping, to get this report, Philippe, and introduce themselves to the shock philosophy, because there are eight beautiful principles that, for me, are evergreen. It's it's not like you you do it and you're done with it. We keep cycling through these eight principles over and over and over again. That's correct. That's why we call it the master and the masses and... and, uh... 
um, uh, where we uh, go through this cycle of, of, of creation and, and, and destruction. Uh, we create and then we get destroyed and tear it down or, it, or something tears us down and then we rebuild it. We're bigger and better and stronger each time we go around that circle of evolution. Yeah, you and I have known um, one another through many identity crises. And so <laughs> as, as, we, as we leave this call tonight, perhaps next time we meet, we'll be in two completely different um, phases of our identities and two different um, ca- ca- capacities of consciousness but um, I want to give out your website information one more time. That would be www.thepmshow.tv and www.booksbypm.com. Because we have run out of time, Philippe. I want to thank you so much for, for joining um, Simron's 1111 Talk Radio Show today. And to say again, it was such a pleasure and a delight to spend this time with you to reconnect with you, but more importantly, be able to share you and your body of work with Simi's listeners and your enthusiasm and passion for life with Simi's listeners. So thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you, Chuck, for having me, and thank you for your work with human design and and the coaching uh, that you're doing where the teacher, uh, where the students become the teacher, Uh, and you're doing phenomenal work in the world, and I just wish you uh, bigger and greater success with that. Thank you. Thank you. And so, folks, again, I am not Simran Singh. I am Tuck Self, the Rebel Bell and Southern Voice for Bold Self-Expression, sitting in for Simi today. And to all of you who are listening now or will be listening to our recording, again, we say thank you. Have a fabulous evening and be gentle with yourselves. Thank you for stepping into the doorway of conscious choice with 1111 Top Radio. Please join host Simran Singh again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for another enlightening edition here on the 7th Wave Network. Remember, shift happens.